You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sins rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. seated. May the Lord bless us with understanding and application this morning of his word as we're together. Amen. And we start a new year. It's a great time just kind of, we did a little bit last week and probably the next couple of weeks, we'll just kind of do a little reflecting on how we got here and kind of where we're headed uh, into the next year and the next decade. And as I reflect over this last year, one of the, like, the coolest people that I met that has become uh, not just a part of the Awakened Church family, but a friend um, is Mala. And uh, I asked Mala if I could kind of share a little bit of her testimony. I asked her, I actually kind of hinted, would you do it? And she's like, I don't know, I'm talking in front of people, which pretty much most of us get. That's not like our thing to get up in front of talking in front of people. Some of us do this for a living, and we're crazy, I guess. But, but she said, yes, please tell, tell the story. So it was kind of interesting how we met because we had a, a, a family that was a part of Awaken at the time, earlier in the year, who took on some leadership and, and, and said, hey, let's go. There you go. There's Molly and Caleb right there. Derek didn't make the cut. Sorry, Derek. But, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, we had a, a, an event where we were able to pay for everybody's meal on the spaghetti night at a par, um, Front Street Marketplace. Now, Front Street Marketplace, quick commercial, $6 all-you-can-eat spaghetti on Monday nights. Go down there, get you $6 spaghetti all-you-can-eat on Monday night. So, and so we actually connected with them and said, can we come and we can raise the funds. Actually, this family that was a part of Awaken did that, took care of raising the funds and advertising and making sure that it was, main idea was we want college students who are hungry to be able to get a meal for free. Even though $6 is not too much for all you need spaghetti, but we want to pay, we want to get it for free. So we ended up paying like whoever comes that night, not just college students, we're going to buy their meal or whatever for them. And so I don't remember actually meeting Mala that night, but I do remember how, how we connected was Front Street Marketplace posted pictures from that night. And so did we, but they had some pictures we didn't have. And one of the pictures was little Caleb eating an ice cream cone. Now, if you've ever seen that picture, you won't forget it, because it is like this beautiful, awesome picture. This little boy just had the ice cream cone, and you can just tell he's, he's ready for that ice cream. And so I just messaged, like, that is a great picture. Do you mind if we you take that picture and use it for, for the church, since you know, we kind of sponsored that thing? And Mala was like very gracious. Absolutely, that's, that'd be wonderful. Next thing I know, Mala and her husband Derek and Caleb are coming to Awaken and connecting and get involved. And now she's our, like, team photographer kind of thing, you know. And, um, and, and so, you know, this was great. So 
over the year, some different articles were written, and I was interviewed and shared some of these articles. And we had one that was shared. It kind of told the struggles of church planting in a small town, a college town. And it's like where everybody's got a church, and then, and then more people are Catholic than are Protestant. And you know, first thing you're meeting in a movie theater, and then our community, if you don't have a building, you're not legit. You're like, well, that's that's not a church because they don't have a building. So we have all these things. And I wrote the, you know, t- I give this interview about how the ups and downs of church planting. And Mar- Marla read the interview and commented on it as her testimony and so she said I could share that and so I've shared it a couple times and today I'm sharing it real quick just really briefly she says as a foreigner who is from a Muslim country she, she's from Indonesia if you didn't know that um, where we've been praying for the folks and all the flooding in Jakarta and that area um, she you know she says as a as a foreigner who grew up in a Muslim community I never have felt like I belonged like, I always feel out of place, especially we've tried churches, and our family has tried church, even churches where family goes. And, and she says, I never felt like I fit in or I, our words welcomed. I never really felt welcomed. But when I walked into Awaken, and I just felt something different, and then Pastor Stephen said, welcome home, which I kind of do every week, and I don't even really think about it sometimes. I just kind of do it. Like, I really want to think about it. And um, she said, Pastor Stephen said, welcome home. I felt, I felt at home, and I ugly cried. Which we all know that's a good thing, right? It's kind of interesting. Welcome to 2020. Ugly crying is beautiful, <laughs> so, right? And so she shared that, and I'm like, that's that's what it is. It's like you can you belong here. Here's someone who is you know from Indonesia. Who there's not a, probably not a lot of Indonesian people in Natchitoches that you connect with, right? So it's hard to, hard to find people that are like you. And what you found is like people who are like you. We're people. We're humans. We're, uh, we're on this journey together. And so it's like, but that feeling out of place thing, I felt that. Have you ever felt out of place? I mean, have you, real, I mean, have you ever been somewhere you said, like, felt like, and it happens a lot with church too, right? Like, we can go to a church, and, and I've visited churches, and I know I, we've had some conversations about visiting churches, right? Where you sat down, it's like, <laughs> I feel so out of place in here. And we can do that. And it can happen more and more in our, in our culture. We can have the attitude that can kind of be prevalent that I don't want to go to church because I won't fit in, because they won't accept me. Um, I have questions. I have doubts. People who go to church have it all figured out. That's where a lot of people are in our community. My life is messy. And, and churches for people who, well, churches for people who have it all together. That's, the, I, that's kind of the attitude that a lot of people have in our community. And so it's like, well, and, well they probably don't have it all together because nobody does. They just think they do. They think they're better. They, they think they're hypocrites because they think they're better than me. They, and it, so all this goes round and round with this. And it's just, it just finally gets down to this, I don't go to church because I just wouldn't belong. I just wouldn't belong there. That's why I don't go. But God's vision for Awaken is to be a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. So wherever you are on your faith journey or your journey of life, you can, you can belong. That's kind of the vision that God's given us uh, here. And we really do see a community forming around this, this, this vision. It's 100% come as you are. And I, and I love that. That's, there's some weeks, man, some, some of you guys come and you're all like, what's it called, dripping? Like you dripping, like you drip. And you just like got everything's together and like, wow. And then and some of us come, like I'm preaching in a t-shirt. You know, it's like in some, some places, it's like you can't be a pastor because you're preaching a t-shirt. That's crazy. We got people wearing football jerseys. Who that? You know, it's like, you know, we got a hoodie on. We got, you know, it's just like you can come as you are here. And that's, that's 100% what we're, what we're about because you can belong here. You can sit with us is what we're trying to say. 
and we are really interested in you. We're really interested in your, your, your hopes, your dreams. We're really interested in your, 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 your hang-ups, the stuff you struggle with. We're interested in you as a person because, you know what, we all have all those. We all have hopes and dreams. We all have struggles. We all have hang-ups. We all have stuff in our closet, and we're interested in getting to know each other because we all are human, and we all have those. And we realize we're all on this journey together. And as we're on this journey together, and we may be at different places on that journey, that's not the point. The point is we're on it together, no matter where we are. So welcome home because you belong here. This passage uh, Tariq read this morning from Matthew 5, we're going to dig a little deeper into that. It's a passage from this famous sermon that Jesus gave called the Sermon on the Mountain. And if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, we're going to read a little bit of it and kind of dig deeper. Matthew 5, verse 43 through 48. And um, as we do, here's the big idea. This is kind of... I know it's kind of inward focus for us as we start the year for Awakened Church, but I think it's good for us, especially you know, in the house. We don't, I don't, we don't have any visitors. We got, we got, we got home. We got family. So here we are. We are becoming a community where you can belong before you believe. We're becoming a community where you can belong before you believe. I think that is so key and so important that the, that people can find a place of belonging before they really believe. Because you know what? I'm fifty. And I've been a Christian for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. I don't know exactly how many. I've actually been a follower. I've been a pastor for 21 years. And I still have questions. I mean, I'm still, I'm still like, I still don't have it all figured out, right? And so here we are. It's like you, you have to be, find a place you can belong. And then you work out your beliefs as you go, as you travel. And that's, that's kind of where we're at here. The thing is it takes time to find your spot. That's the first kind of thought I want to spend a little time in to build on that big idea. It takes time to find your spot. It really does. It's taking time for us. And again, this is, you know, we don't know how long-term this is, situation to be in, in the movie theater. Right now, our, we, got, we got rent, and we, we, got, we can pay the rent, and so we're good with that. We got plenty of room to grow. We got, you know, our children's ministry starts growing. We're going to have to figure something out. But our, 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 you know, in here, in house room, we got 200 seats in here. We can, we can increase dramatically <laughs> in, in, this, in this space. Plenty of parking lot. We got, we got room to grow. But the thing is, how did we get here? That's kind of the, like, we have, where do we find, how do we get, find this spot? Because we started off, my family moved here a few years ago to, to plant Awaken Church in our home. And our home is basically 10 miles out of town, five and a half miles past the interstate. And we didn't know that was a big issue or a big deal. We just thought, hey, man, it's, it's, it's a Natchitoches address. It's Natchitoches. So, and so we started kind of meeting people, inviting them to come. To, to We're going to have a get-together, desserts and coffee, and we'll share a little bit more about this church vision. Because I was meeting people all the time, who, and I still do. Oh, that, sound, that, vision, that vision for this new church? Oh, that sounds great. That sounds like exactly what Natchitoches needs. I've heard that so many times, the exact words. That sounds like exactly what's missing in Natchitoches. A church where anybody can belong. A church that's multicultural and missional, and it's about multiplying the kingdom. That sounds like exactly what Natchitoches need. But nobody was coming. And when we started off the first night, nobody came to our first middle meet thing. I was a little bit disappointed, but the teachers at the school got a bunch of free desserts because like, we have all these desserts. What do we do? Lord, what do we do with these? Take them to the school. Put them in the teacher's lounge. Bless them. Thanks, Lord. That was, that was a good blessing. Next week, we had four students from NSU show up, four African-American females, all 18 years old. And I'm like, Lord, what are we doing? <laughs> we're ready to, we're going to take whoever comes, and we're going to, we're going to begin the, the process of planting a church. And, uh, and then here's, you know, and so that group began to increase. They said, can we come every week for a Bible study? I said, yes. 
And that group grew. By the time that semester ended, we had about 15 18-year-old African-American female students at our house on Thursdays. We would eat. We would do the Bible. We would talk about life. We were growing. We'd share dreams about what a new church would look like. It was kind of where we are now as church, uh, as Awakened Church about three years later. It's because of those first meetings and, and the thoughts that those young ladies poured into that. But it wasn't working. We weren't really connecting with people in the community because when they went home for Christmas break, we didn't have a, we didn't have a meeting anymore. It was our family going, oh, we got to get some people that, that live in Natchitoches to come be a part of this. And meanwhile, I became, became friends with the pastor at First United Methodist Church, Pastor Doug. And Pastor Doug and I would have lunch about once every two weeks and talk about it. He would always say, how's that church planting thing going? And I would tell him about the struggles, the ups and downs. So I began to tell him, he's like, we, we're, we just can't get people to come out here. He's like, where do you live again? And I told him, he's like, oh, that's your problem. People don't go to Robeline. I said, I don't live in Robeline. I live four miles from Robeline. He goes, no, no, no. He says, if you live, for, for people who live in Natchitoches, the interstate is the cutoff. Hmm. Like, you will, we will drive to I-49. We will drive out there to El Patio. Right. It, we, we will. We'll go out to, to Popeye's. But we're not going... There's nothing past that. And there's nothing to Robeline anybody Natchitoches needs. Now, he goes, Robeline will come to Natchitoches every day. But Natchitoches will not go to Robeline for anything. And I'm like, well, what do we do? So we talked about it. He actually helped me brainstorm what we would do. And he finally, after a couple of weeks of us meeting and him, us talking about where we, might, we could meet and stuff like that, he said, why don't you just come meet at our church? First United Methodist Church opened up their doors to us. So Sunday evenings, we had that, there's a place called Crossroads, which is kind of a contemporary worship center. You walk in, there's a cafe. We had that area every Sunday night. We had that, and it was kind of like for however long you needed. We would come in there, we would meet, but we weren't growing again. And the reason why we found out was, first of all, unchurched people that we were really connecting with that kind of liked what we were talking about doing didn't want to come to a church building. Oh, it's at the Methodist Church. Okay, well, I know what that is. I don't want to go there. We're like, well, that stinks. And people who were interested, who were church people, didn't want to come on Sunday night to church because <laughs> people don't do that anymore, I guess. And so I was like, well, what do we do? Well, we got to get to Sunday mornings. How do we get to Sunday mornings? We had heard there had been a church at was meeting here at Parkway Cinema, but they weren't meeting anymore. So I connected with the, the guys who were pastoring that church and told, asked them what it was like and everything. And I, then I just came down and met with Mr. Ty, the manager here. Ty is so awesome. Ty, is a, he's a man of God, and he saw he's a Saints fan. Got to love that. And uh, he's just a great guy. And Ty's like, let's work this out. And he worked out a, a deal for us. Uh, and so we do, we pay rent, but we got plenty of space. We got storage. We got room to grow. And so here we are, two, two years plus later, meeting here at Parkway Cinema. And that's how we got here. But it took a while to find our spot. And we're still in Natchitoches, thinking, what is our spot in Natchitoches? Not necessarily location where Awakening Church is to be, but who we are, like who we are in the community. We're still finding that out. Because some mistakes can happen when you get in a hurry. See, we got in a hurry. We got to get to Natchitoches, start having meetings. And the mistake was we didn't know there was a wall at I-49. <laughs> but it really is. It happens. Mistakes happen when you get in a hurry. Jesus says you have heard this law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Well, we need that one today, don't we? Pray even for those who persecute you. This is the way of the true children of God. Now, what Jesus is essentially saying here, he's saying, yes, love everybody. But where he's really getting too deeper, he's saying, do you think you know what God's law is all about? Because he starts off, right? You have heard it said, but I tell you. He says, you think you know what God's law is all about, but unless you slow down, Unless you let that, the law of God, 
the Word of God actually become part of you, you will miss it. You will make mistakes because you will get in a hurry. Don't be hasty because mistakes happen when you get in a hurry. So this kind of thing happens in our lives all the time. We get, we get in a hurry. We get angry about something, right? First thing we want to do, retaliate. Get, 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 you know, get, my, get it right. Get it right. We have something that, that worries us. Thirteen news. Well, let's let's get rid of this. Let's fix it. Let's fix it. Let's fix it. And we don't fully trust God. And His timing might be different than ours. And we got to trust His timing. Sometimes we don't trust God's goodness. That God is truly good and He's going to do this. So we take control. And in our hurry, we make mistakes. This is why I love the Bible so much because it gives us examples of how this plays out and how God still loves the people when they make mistakes. As we see this uh, in, in this where, he, where, where God's way is, you know what, my kingdom is no perfect people allowed. And we look at the stories, especially in the Old Testament, we see, man, there, there is no perfect people that were serving God and living out his plan. You belong here. Because consider Abraham, Father Abraham, who had many sons, and I am one of them, so are you, right? Father Abraham. Abraham was married to Sarah. They got, they got really elderly, y'all. They were twice as old as me. 100 years old is what the story says. They were about 100 years old, and God tells them they had no children. They have been childless their entire marriage. They had no, no children. And God told them, you're going to have a son. He's going to become a great nation. And, and, and through this son, I'm going to bless the entire, all the nations of the world. Your descendants are going to be like stars in the sky. He's got no, no children. He's 100. His wife's 100. Your descendants are going to be like stars in the sky or sands on the beach. And Abraham's like, all right, God, I'll trust you, I guess. I'll have faith. But his wife, Sarah, she said, we got to hurry up because I'm 100. I'm too old to be having babies. <laughs> so here's what you do, Abraham. You see my young maid over here? Her name's Hagar. You're going to fulfill God's promise. You will have a son. You're going to go sleep with my young maid, Hagar, and, and she will produce the son that, that I can What's Abraham going to do? Abraham, Abraham does what probably any guy would do. You think about it. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And they go and they have this child. And this child's name is Ishmael. And here's what God said about Ishmael. Genesis 16, 12. This son of yours will be a wild man. And un, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone. And everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. God wasn't like cursing him. He's just saying, this is what's going to happen because you got in a hurry. Because I wasn't talking about you going sleeping with somebody who wasn't your wife to have a, an heir. I'm talking about you and Sarah having a child, which they did eventually. They, they did the right way then. They had the son named Isaac who became the, you know, Israel. And so it can, you know, it's Jacob. And, and it goes on and on and on. And so these generations of this. And what we see if we, as we read through this entirety, like the narrative of the Old Testament and in history, the descendants of Ishmael were at odds with the descendants of Isaac forever. I mean, mistakes happen when you get in a hurry. And oh, even though Abraham and Sarah made this big mistake, God's full of grace and mercy. He still blesses them and fulfills his promise. Even though they got in a hurry, they messed some things up. God says, you know what? I still got you. There's going to be some consequences now, but I still got you. So there's two big areas for us where we can make big mistakes when we get in a hurry. It can happen in probably every area of life. If we just get in a hurry, we make mistakes. But two that we see a lot are romance and finance. Romance and finance, right? I mean, if you think about it, we get in a hurry in these areas of life. And, and in our culture, it's, it's common and it's easy to get in a hurry in this area of romance. 
right? And so we hurry up and engage in the pleasure that's meant to take place in the context of a committed, monogamous relationship called marriage. Instead, we don't take the time to develop this life-giving relationship, and we end up making life-changing mistakes. This is created for, to be life-giving, and it ends up being life-changing in a way that that's, we, don't, we would rather not be after the fact. So mistakes that can happen are, are obviously implications physically, but also things we don't talk about a lot emotionally, the relational, obviously the mentally, and definitely spiritually, these things happen. We can get in a hurry, and trust me, I get it. And same thing with finance. There's no secret that's common in our culture to get in a hurry with financial things. Easy credit and instant gratification culture are not a good combination, but that's what we have. Easy credit and instant gratification lifestyle. And so we wake up one day, and we don't have the money to pay the bills. I've been there, y'all. I have. It's been 25 years, but we had to file for bankruptcy because we just, here's credit cards, and here's this, and well, we'll just pay minimum payment. Eventually, it gets to the point where we can't make any payments, and that we owe so much. And what do you do? I thank the Lord that that's all gone. You know, your records are there for a while. Now everybody's trying to get me to take credit cards again. <laughs> no, your credit, but your credit's great. No, no, no. Not me. I can't. Not me. I know me because easy credit's too easy for me. But the mistakes will happen. It can wreck you financially. But also, when that happens, it can wreck you, again, emotionally, mentally, definitely relationally. If you're married and you have these financial stresses, it's, it can definitely cause a lot of relational issues. And spiritually, it can affect you, too. So what can happen is we might want to check out church. I think like in the context, again, of where people are that God has sent us to to grow in 2020 and in this next decade. And we can like, want to check out church and these things. and Instead like, of being part of this family sounds good, but I feel like I'm disqualified because I've made too many mistakes. I've made mistakes with my romance. I've made mistakes, made mistakes financially. I've just made so many mistakes. And Jesus reminds us that uh, even though we don't feel like we don't have it all together, heaven gives, he says, sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. It's like God is not giving you just sunshine because you didn't make a mistake. God is good, and God is just. So now we're, we're here, and, and what we want everybody to know, what we want each other to know, what I want you to know, and what we want those to know who aren't here yet, we won't judge you based on your mistakes past or present or even future. We're not going to judge you based on your mistakes, and we won't try to do God's job for him. That's like one of the things I come to all the time. People are like, Pastor, don't you think so-and-so needs to hear this such-and-such and needs to read this and this scripture? And don't you think you need it? It's like, you know what? That's God's job. That's, my job is to love and encourage and to, when asked, give advice and give spiritual direction. That's kind of part of that job of being a pastor. My job isn't to go, look what you did. You know, God can do that kind of stuff. That's, that's his job. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I just work for him. He's God, and he's got a job to do. And we're not going to try and, at Awaken Church, we're not going to try and do God's job for him. We want people to come and feel like they can belong, even if they've got some mistakes and stuff they're trying to work through. So please don't give up on connecting with Awaken Church too soon, because it takes time to find your spot. And don't neglect the most important things. 
That happens to us quick. Again, we get in a hurry. We can neglect the most important things. Man, back in the day when I was starting out in full-time uh, ministry, church work ministry, and I was a youth pastor, and I was putting in 60 hours a week plus and skipping my days off, and I was like, here's what it was. Like, I want to just build this great youth ministry, and we did. And I had some you know, awesome youth that were really you know, coming together and getting, getting trained and being you know, solid. That was happening, and I was like the best youth pastor in town. Really felt like I was. And the priorities were just so out of whack. And I eventually ended up in depression and ended up like really struggling. And in the midst of this, I realized I had totally neglected my family. That's like the, the, the thing God just hit me with, like bright light. You've neglected your wife and son. Just Christian was like this big at that time. Not this big, but he's not this big. And it was like, ah. Oh. It doesn't matter if, if everybody else gets saved. If you lose your family, it's like wow. I don't. I don't I can't neglect my family anymore. From that on, it's been. It's been the kind of the, the opposite of that. It's like if I'm going to cheat something, it's not going to be my family. It's not going to be God. My relationship with God. And it's not going to be my family. If I have to cut something somewhere, it's going to be work, and I'll cut you know where I have to to make that happen. But what happens is we can neglect things, right? What happens when we neglect things? Give me some answers. What happens when, when you neglect important things? You can lose them. You can absolutely lose them if you neglect them. What else? End up hurting yourself. You can end up hurting yourself. Yeah. Because a lot of the important things that we neglect have to do with ourselves. Regret. We, we deal with that regret. We want to live... Right, we want to live no regrets, but the reality is, no, <laughs> no regrets. Yeah, the reality is they're there. We just are culturally told now, well, oh, have no regrets, but we have them when we end up uh, doing this. Yeah, the issue will get bigger over time. Yeah, <sighs> yeah definitely. When you neglect the most important things, the issue that you're neglecting will get bigger as the time goes. Absolutely. But Jesus reminds us this. His love for us never neglects us. You know, we sang that song, His love never fails. Never, never fails. He never neglects us. He never did neglect us. And, and even when we didn't know him, he was still loving us. He didn't neglect us. He didn't say, well, as soon as you start following me, then I'll love you. Mm -mm. That's not my God. My God is like, I love you. Even if you refuse to believe in me, I still love you. I'm not going to neglect you. And he essentially says, Jesus says, this is the way we are to love. If you only love those who love you, big deal. Even the most evil people do that. Be better. Be love. Don't just love. Be love. Authentic love that isn't kind only to your friends, but to everyone. Authentic love is kind to everyone. That's what authentic love is. It's a kindness to everyone. So again, the Bible right here got a story for us. It happens when we neglect the most important things. We go back to King David this time. And King David, he's pretty famous about, you know, being a man after God's own heart. We know he made some mistakes. At this point in his life, he's very old. Actually, it tells the story that he is so old that he can't get warm because he's in bed and covered with blanket after blanket after blanket, and he can't get warm. And then they say, send in the, the maid girl to lay down with him. Some weird thing through the Old Testament about these maid girls. Get the maid girl to come lay down with him to give him body warmth. 
And so he's, he's like, he's old. And, and so there, his son, Solomon, is the rightful heir to the king, the, uh, kingdom, the rightful heir to the throne. But he has another son. He's got lots of sons. And there's a son named Adoniah. And Adoniah was kind of like Ishmael. He was kind of like that wild donkey of a man who was out always trying to do his own thing. And uh, he was trying to take over and become the king himself. He actually was having himself crowned king secretly. So David had to, you know, old David had to hurry up and crown Solomon before it was time because Adoniah was kind of pulling this little, you know, thing behind the, behind the scenes. Yeah. So First Kings one six it says, now his father Adoniah's father David had never disciplined him at any time, even asking, why are you doing that? The whole issue was because he had neglected to even say to his son, don't do that. Why are you doing that? Isn't that talking about, you know? Spankings. He's talking about he never even corrected him at all his whole life. He is why he wasn't there. He was absent. He was a father who was not even there for Adonijah. He had neglected to even ask him, why are you doing that? So all of his life, he neglected to discipline Adonijah. So now uh, Adonijah is being sketchy. I mean, he's super shady, and he doesn't think a thing's wrong with it. And the word here in Hebrew that says discipline means to carve or to fashion. He never, David never carved or fashioned. He never shaped his son uh, the way a father should. So the problem was David's own doing. He had neglected his own son. And because he had made this mistake of shaping his son, he neglected his family. And he was a king and he's a busy man. That's what he's going to do. And we can be that way, right? I can, I can neglect, I've got to neglect that. I want to think about it because I'm so busy. And it's okay. I'll get to it. <laughs> right? I'll get to it. Some of our biggest mistakes happen when we get too busy. We get too busy. We could say something like, I'm too busy to read my Bible. I heard that a lot. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to uh, gather in community. I'm too busy to to show love to my neighbor. I got a knock on my door, 11 o'clock, whatever night it was, Friday night, Thursday night. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm just in, you know, shorts like you like you do. Knocking on my door, I open the door. I'm like, "Can I help you?" He was like so nervous. He's afraid he's gonna get shot or something. Had his car stuck two houses down, which two houses now in close. It's you know mm. <laughs> down a little bit. I'm stuck, and I just wonder if anybody you can help me. I'm like, this ain't the first time this has happened, but it's the first time it happened when I'm trying to go to bed. But I go down there. I mean, I go, I hold the flashlight. I try, you can't push this car because it's in the mud and your feet are in the mud. So finally, we find a cable, go down and get my, walk back up to my house, get my van, get the cable, tie the cable, and pull him out. The whole issue was about 45 minutes for me. He had, you know, I wasn't being upset for me. He's got, he's stuck now, he's muddy. He's trying to get his girl uh, to work, and now she's muddy. She had to go to the bathroom. She could, you know, it's too far to walk to our house. Plus, if she walks to our house, our dog's gonna scare her. She's gonna go to the bathroom before she gets to the bathroom. She knocks on my door with Bud there. So she goes over to the woods. She falls in the mud. It's like a whole mess. And I'm like, and they were so thankful that I was there. I don't say it to say, look at me. I, went, I didn't do anything but hold a flashlight and drive a car, you know, pull them out. But the thing was, I wasn't too busy. I was tired. I didn't, I, I immediately did not want to. Immediately opened the door and he's like, I'm stuck in the mud. I'm like, man, I done pushed. Last year it was the UPS truck. Then the week after that was the FedEx truck. And then it was the guy trying to sell me direct TV. They pull around and turn around. They get stuck in the mud. Now you, in the middle of the night, 
two houses down. I wasn't too busy, but I was too not wanting to. But I did. And I go out, and we do this thing. Finally, it was all over with. We're getting ready. I'm getting in my van, drive back to the house. He goes, man, what you do for a living? I <laughs> said, so I'm a pastor. Pulled out the card. We meet at Parkway Cinema on Sunday. You guys don't have a church, or you know, Sunday we want to come check out something new. Come visit us. And I'm like, Lord, I've been praying for opportunities to meet somebody new and invite them to church. And I totally almost missed it because when I opened that door and he said, I'm stuck in the mud, I almost said, man, I'm exhausted. I can't help you. But I didn't because God, God didn't let me <laughs> put it that way. But we can get so busy that we just can't help and, and love our neighbors. We can't, we can't uh, um, you know, show that love. What we really need to do is, is we need to understand we need each other on the journey. Just like Ms., uh, I think his name was Eric. Eric needed me that night. We need each other on the journey that we're on. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back is drawing near. Let's not neglect meeting together. Let's do it more. Why? Why? Not just because to tick a box. I went to church. Check. To encourage one another. That's why we need to gather together. So it's, you know, it can be easy to get real busy and neglect your spiritual life, I know. Even for pastors, it's, it's easy to get busy doing the work and neglect your own spiritual life. Authentic spiritual growth that looks like loving other people happens in community. And we don't grow when we're disconnected. We really don't. We don't grow when we're disconnected, which is why I'm so glad that, that you are making the connections here with Awaken. So we're not trying to add more business to your life. That's not the point. Because, you know, everybody's busy. I get it. College students, man, you guys are, are some, some of the stuff I, you guys tell me about your week, and I'm just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you got too busy to be, be here. And then I'm thinking, you know what? But you're too busy not to be here. Busyness can, can uh, do that. So Awaken Church doesn't want to add to the business. What we want to do is be a resource that helps you negotiate you know, navigate how to not neglect the most important things. Because together, we can, we can cover each other's blind spots. Kind of wrap it up here with this. We, together, we can help cover each other's blind spots. You know what blind spots are, right? I'm driving down Interstate 49. <laughs> I, I'm coming up on somebody going slower than I want to go, which is pretty much everybody. And I go to go, and, and I, like, I know I can look in my mirror, and I know I gotta check my blind spot, but a lot of times what I do is, I start to move over to the other lane and then check my blind spot, and then I end up oh, having to jerk back because there's somebody right there that I didn't see because I just glanced over. And what happens when people don't check the blind spot? Accidents happen. Wrecks happen. You can wreck yourself if you don't check yourself, to quote my friends from back in the day. A blind spot is not being able to see uh, things like ourselves. We have them, not just when we're driving a car, but ourselves. There may be something about ourselves we don't see fully or clearly that we would call, hey, that's a blind spot. It's real and it's true, and it could be an accident that I'm waiting to happen, but it's not within our vision. So maybe you're, if you're like me, you, you've made some mistakes because of blind spots question is, you know, is there somebody you have in your life you have permission to tell you about your blind spots? That's important. I have that, I have that in my life. I've got a couple of different scenarios. I got people, one's my wife, it's very important to have your wife be able to tell you that, not be offended. Um, you know, she's, definitely, she's number one. And I've got some other guys who, will, who are, have permission to point out to me 
Now, other people do it all the time. It may not be, I don't necessarily give them permission. I don't, I don't really receive it the same way, that way, right? Uh, so Jesus says, you're to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I mean, come on, Jesus. When you re- every time we read that, we take that one verse out of the context of the whole conversation, the whole Sermon on the Mount. We take that one verse, but Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And we can in fact, use that verse to beat up people. And they're like, really? Jesus, really? Be perfect? Doesn't Jesus know nobody's perfect? Hadn't he ever heard that? Nobody's perfect? And what we miss is the context. Because even the, in Greek, this word is teleos. that translates as perfect. And it means complete. It means whole. We think of perfect. We don't think complete and whole. We think no mistakes, right? He says complete and whole. We want that. We want to become complete. We want to become whole. And this is what Jesus says you can be. You can be. So let's keep the context. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Jesus, remember, he's saying, love your neighbor. Love your enemy. So when Jesus says to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect, he's saying this is how God loves. Love like God. Love like God. A whole and complete love. Jesus isn't saying you have to do the impossible. He's saying that following him is about being made complete. And when you are made complete, you see people and love people the way God sees and loves people. And that's what he wants, to see people and love people perfectly and completely. Well, we want to love people, not judge them according to their blind spots. And, man, and again, I used to hate it. I really used to hate it when somebody pointed out my blind spots, mainly because, honestly, they pointed them out to somebody else instead of me. That still happens, too, by the way. So-and-so said, saw this on this social media, and they saw this and told this person, you need to talk to Pastor Stephen about that. A little edgy. Why didn't you saw it? Why didn't you ask me about it? You know? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, can't do that. Got to tell somebody. You got to gossip is what you got to do. That's what people can do. They take you, and that, that really, man, that, that ticks me. If you can't tell, that kind of ticks me off a little bit. And I don't like that when people see my blind spots. And instead of saying, hey, they say to. But to be honest, if I haven't given somebody permission, I speak into my life about my blind spots. I still can be a little defensive when they speak about my blind spots because I, I don't have that kind of relationship with them. I have those people in my life for a purpose. But the thing is, we want to be people who are able to be honest and love each other enough to tell somebody the truth. And the reason why we don't like it, you know, our blind spots, for me personally, I guess I'll say, sometimes the truth hurts and we'd rather just stay blind. But that helps nobody. It doesn't help you get healthy. It doesn't help you grow whatsoever. The truth doesn't hurt as much as where you're headed if you don't do something about it. So we all make mistakes. But there's good news. The good news in this is that Jesus loves you, and Jesus has a love that changes you, transforms you. And despite any mistakes you make, and despite all the mistakes I've made, and all the ways that we've blown it, Jesus says, come. Come back to me. Come back to me. I got you. And we continue to awaken to this, that this life change that Jesus invites us into. And it's about finding that everyone can belong to him. Everyone can belong to him. And that means you belong here. And that means we love you. It means I love you. Because Jesus loves you. I get asked sometimes, why, would you, why do you do this? <laughs> I love that question. 
I do it because I believe that there's that I believe in Jesus and I think Jesus loves you and he loves you so much that he's got us doing this to help. That's why. So what's the next step? And you can think about what your next step might be. For me, it's like I want to be entering into this season in a time of prayer. And a great way to pray, because and here's the thing is, well, you mentioned prayer. I really don't know how to pray. I don't pray that much. And that's that's most of us, y'all. So don't feel like, oh no. Write a note, write a letter. If you're not used to like saying, Lord, Lord, and spend time in prayer, get out a piece of paper, get on your phone, your little notes app, your memo, and say, Dear God. Write a dear God note, a dear God letter. This is this is a way to enter into prayer. And just say, tell him, you know what? I, I want help to see myself and love myself the way you love me. And I want your help so that I can love others the same way too. Write God a note. Ask him that in prayer. And let's take that next step into this next year. Lord, we love you. And we do thank you for your word. We thank you for guiding us by it and with it. We thank you for these stories. And we reflected on a couple of stories of how, man, nobody's perfect. And yet you still enter into our lives and you, you call us and you want to do something in us and through us, just like you did with Abraham and, and just like you did with David. And so, Lord, we just want to come and tell you, well, we know that we mess up. Maybe today is a, a mo- we need a moment of confession that, that, that for us, Lord, for individuals in the room, Lord, we may have something that we're hanging on to that we just need to confess to you, which just means to agree with you, God, that, that I've messed up this. And I ask you to forgive me so that I can, I can go forward in this wholeness and this completeness that this word talked about today. And so, Lord, we give that to you today, Lord. We just come to you with, with that and, and ask you, Lord, to, to wherever we are on our journey, but to give us the grace for the next step. And as we interact with each other and with our neighbor, Lord, help us, help us to refrain from judging their journey. But Lord, invite them into this journey, your journey, a journey with you that leads to life, abundant, full, and everlasting. Thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.